Good morning, everybody. Great to have you in the Lord's house today. Uh, why don't you turn in your Bible, start turning over to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, it's on page 758. And at the beginning of the service, Pastor John said that today we're talking about journey in marriage, but it's more than that. Uh, it's journey in being single and journey in dating and journey in marriage, all in the same message. So this might be a little bit of a trick today, but actually it's for every single one of us is what you're going to find. Yesterday I was at my son's soccer game, and he had a, he had a tournament over in Frankenmuth, and, and as my son called it, it was kind of like the dragster tournament because they had two halves, they were 10-minute halves, and so you got 10 minutes to get in there, get the job done, and get out as quick as you can. And it was really fun to watch them. And, and I was, I've been thinking so much about how do you teach on, you know, freedom in marriage, freedom in dating. How do you do that? And it's really been a personal challenge for me all week long. Like, God, how am I going to explain this? And as I began watching the soccer field, all of a sudden I began to like go, I think I'm getting it, God. Because you know about soccer. I mean, you have all these, you've got four lines in the perimeter, and you've got all these kids, and the kids are running around on the inside. And when the, window, when the whistle blows, the clock starts, and for the next 10 minutes, you just run all over the place. There's no boundaries except for the outer boundary. You can go anywhere you want to go. And so you have, if you will, these kids that are free, to run everywhere, and they're running. That's what they're doing. They're running everywhere until the ball goes out. And then, the, you know, the ref blows his whistle. Timeout, violation, the ball went out. And so then you stop. The other team gets it, throw the ball back in, and there they are running again. And I thought, you know, what a great image for you and I today. I want you to think about whatever state you're in, if you're married or you're single or you're dating, whatever state you are, you could be a widow, you could be a widower, you could be divorced, it doesn't matter. Every one of us are somehow within these bounds in whatever state that we're personally in. And freedom does not mean without boundaries. See, that's where we confuse sometimes our freedom, our freedom in Christ. We think freedom means without boundaries. Well, can you imagine yesterday, can you imagine in the soccer game, if there were no boundaries? Can you imagine if, if the ref blew the whistle and said, okay, start, go anywhere you want to, do whatever you want to do, and, and hope it works? Would it work? No, it wouldn't work. So freedom means there's boundaries. God sets up boundaries, and once he sets the boundaries up, then he says, okay, have a good time and go play within the boundaries. All right, let's start with John chapter 8, because Jesus talked about this. John chapter 8, I want you to read verse 36 with me. Say it with me. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Okay, what does that mean? That means it's kind of like you and I are playing the game of life, and we have these chains and balls, you know, behind us, and we're trying to play, and we're not free. I mean, play soccer with 50-pound balls. You know, kind of dragging like this. You can't play, okay? So what does God do? Jesus came down and set us free. And he cut the chains off. And said, now you're free to run. But you're free to run 
within the boundaries. And as long as we run within the boundaries, we never have to worry. We never have to be concerned. The trouble is when we step out of the boundaries. Now start turning to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. You can find it on page, I'll get to it here, 826. Page 826, and I want you to read this one with me too. Now today I want you to think about where you are, just in whatever state you're in. And then what are the boundaries that God is setting up? And are you violating those boundaries? Are you playing within those boundaries? Verse 13, Galatians 5, verse 13. Find that and let's read it together. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Okay, what does that mean? Now let's put it, first of all, in the context of marriage. God says you are free. The reason why when you get married and two people get married, now they're running within these boundaries... And the boundaries, what's on the outside of the boundary? It's other people. It's other people that should not have anything to do with your marriage. It's people that you should not be in an affair with. It's pornography. It's everything outside your marriage that doesn't have to do with your marriage or your needs being met. And God wants you to stay within the confines of those boundaries. But what happens so often is that people, especially when there's struggles in the marriage, then one or the other will go to the sideline and they're looking at this boundary line. And when you exercise your freedom, because God says you can, you can go ahead and cross over the line, but you need to know that when you cross over the line, what you've now done is you've given up your freedom and you've now enslaved yourselves. And so when people run to the boundary line and then they cross over and now they're, let's say, in pornography, all of a sudden they're enslaved into pornography. They're not free anymore. Or other people might have somebody at work or somebody that they've been talking to or somebody online that they've been communicating with and their spouse is over here and they're looking at this person and then all of a sudden they're now in some kind of an emotional or sexual affair and they've crossed and violated the boundaries. You're not free anymore. See, there's a violation in the marriage. Or let's just say you're single, okay? And that's your state right now. You're single and you're running within the boundaries. And then now you start dating somebody and that that person is pressuring you or you just decide, you know what? It's okay to sleep with that person and you do, all of a sudden, you're not free anymore. You just enslaved yourself. You've crossed the boundary. And as soon as that happens, now you're in trouble because because now you're kind of coming back into that and now you're enslaved again and the only one that can set you free is God. That's what the cross is all about. The cross sets us free. And so Paul's telling all of us, don't use your freedom of running around to say, you know what? I think I'm going to exercise that freedom and I'm going to do this. Because as soon as you do that, you're not free anymore. And you violated either you or your spouse or both. And probably God. Okay, let's go one more time. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 
While you're turning there, you know, it's been a very interesting week on the news. Uh, If you've been following from Duke University, this woman that has had these sexual relationships with 12 or 15 guys, and then she ranked them all and and published it and put it out there, and it's been getting around. Um, I don't know if you, anybody hear about that or been, yeah, it's kind of made a lot of news, okay? But here's what's so interesting from a biblical perspective. You see, we have, and right now, we live in a society that's trying to take those boundary lines and dissolve them. Take the lines out. Because, see, if we take the lines out, then I can just go anywhere I want to. I can do whatever I want to do. And people think that's freedom. So I can cross that line, but no, there's no line there. And it's really been interesting with the media because the media doesn't know what to do with this. You see, the media has erased that line themselves and said, you know, having sex outside of marriage is okay. And so they don't know what to do with this young lady because because she did this, but she didn't cross a line. And if they say there's a line there, then they're all convicted. So they erase the line and they're saying, well, she, uh, uh, yeah, she was with all these guys. Um, Yeah. And she ranked them all and, oh, that's not right. But then they said, but... Sometimes guys do that. That's what they said on the, on the media. And they said, well, she published it. And they said, well, sometimes guys talk about things. And they don't know what to say because, because they're like, well, then this isn't wrong, but it doesn't seem like it's right. You follow me? They're in trouble because when you take the boundary line out, then you don't know if this is right or this is wrong. How about the young man from Rutgers University that committed suicide and took his own life? He was on another boundary line. That society's been saying there's no boundary line there. And so somehow he went over here, meandered over here. He was, it was broadcast live and streaming about his sexual encounter with another guy. And he was hopeless and went and committed suicide. And, and the media doesn't know what to do. Because when you take the line away and somebody goes there and then, it, and then it's catastrophic, we don't know if we should say, um, gee, that's really a shame. But why? Do you see the dilemma that our, our society is in right now? And unfortunately, even within followers of Christ, we've, we've said, you know what? Can I just do whatever I want to, God? Can I just live any way I want to? Can I just um, come and go as I want? And... And, and there's no lines, and in my freedom, I'll just act any way I want to. And there's a lot of marriages that are struggling because of it. Why are 51% of marriages ending in a divorce? I'll tell you why. Oftentimes, it's because they're struggling inside the marriage, and there's too many people sitting on the sidelines saying, it's okay, come on over here. And people are violating those lines left and right. And then they go, we're in trouble. And then the marriage is in trouble. And then the marriage ends. And then we start it all over again. Well, Paul talks to us about this, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Now, for the matters you wrote about, he's saying to the church that was meeting in Corinth, it's good for a man not to marry. Okay, pause there so that you don't go, what? You know, what's he saying that for? Actually, I had to go back and do some homework on this, okay? And what I found out is that that word marry actually means to lay hold of or to reach out and hold fast to. 
And the word literally means that when a man who is not married is, is reaching out and holding fast a woman, probably sleeping with her, Paul's saying it's not good. You'll see why in context. You'll see why. Verse 2, but since there's so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Now what's he saying? He's saying even in the day of the Corinthian church, he's writing to the church. He's saying, you know what? So many of you are just violating that line and you're going off having relations with other people that you shouldn't be doing this. He said, look, if you're going to do that, then God says get married. Then you should get married and each person should have their own husband and each person should have their own wife so that you can stay within those bounds of marriage. But if you're single and you're, and you're violating those lines, first of all, you're not free, you're enslaved. And second, God says through Paul, um, then get married. Plain and simple. Then get married so that within the freedom of marriage, you can have fun. And that's what he's promoting. See, look at verse 3. Now he's talking to the married. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. Now this is sexual marital duty. That's what he's talking about. The wife's body does not belong to her alone but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone but also to his wife. Do not deprive each other except by, interesting word, mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan won't tempt you because of your lack of self-control. All right, what's he saying to the married? He's saying if you happen to be married and you're, you're in the state of being married, he's saying to husbands and wife, you know what, take care of each other's needs. You need to do that. And you need to exercise that freedom and have fun doing it and enjoy in the confines of your marriage do that. I mean, if I modernize this, please don't be offended by this. What's God saying through Paul? Husbands and wives, go have sex. That's what he's saying. Take care of each other. Take care of each other's needs. And don't stop doing that unless it's mutual because, and he tells us the warning, otherwise, because of a lack of self-control, what's going to happen? You're going to go to the sidelines. And you're going to start playing with fire. And you're going to get burned. And it's going to destroy your marriage. And that's what couples are doing today. We see this going on all the time. I meet with a lot of couples. And, and this is going on all the time. God's encouraging us within the bounds of marriage. Love each other. But he's not just talking to those that are married. Jump down for a minute, down to verse 8. Now to the unmarried and the widows I say, it's good for them to stay unmarried as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should marry. It's better to marry than to burn with passion. Now he's talking to those that are single. If you're in a state of singleness right now, God's telling you that you need to set your boundary. Be firm. Set your boundary. What are you not going to do? 
Decide it before it happens. And if you're dating somebody, it's a great idea to say to the person that you're dating, hey, just so you know, here's my boundaries. I'm not going to violate this. I'm not going to have sex with you. So just take it off the menu. I'm not going to do it. And if you do that, what happens is that now you're free as a couple. You can run all around and have the time of your life in the middle of that soccer field, never worrying about violating the relationship. But if you don't set that boundary, then you're probably going to be meandering over to the boundary, crossing the boundary, or being pressured to cross the boundary, or, and you're just going to meander right in and start violating each other and God. And then, now you're going to be over on this side, enslaved. And say, we're not, we're not free anymore. But now you're in, you're in worse trouble. Because now, to get free, you have to come to grips with this and come back into, this, into the soccer field and say, I'm sorry, God. And to the person you violated, I'm sorry. But they're probably, or maybe you're like, well, let's do this again. So now you're enslaved again. And I can promise you, for everyone, I'll promise you, if you're in the middle of the, the soccer field, your relationship with God can flourish. The minute you cross that line, your relationship with God is going to start to tank. And God's trying to get your attention and saying, don't live out there. It's only going to hurt you. Think about it. If we all lived within the soccer field, would there be AIDS? Gonorrhea, syphilis, other STDs, unwanted pregnancies. Do you know half of all kids born in America are born to unwed mothers? Did you know that? Half. That means half of all Americans are gladly stepping right over the line and having kids. And then we wonder, well, why are there all these divorces going on? And why are all these issues going on? Why? Simple. Because God said freedom in Christ means you have a parameter. And God wants you to live in that parameter and have freedom in that parameter. But don't violate it. Don't cross over the line thinking life is better over there. Because it's not. Let's turn one more time to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, it's on page 853. 853, Hebrews chapter 13. I'd like you to read this with me. Hebrews 13, verse 4, page 853. Okay, stay with me. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Stop there for just a minute. Marriage should be honored by whom? All. All. That means those that are married, those that are unmarried, those that are divorced, 
Those that are widowed, single, it doesn't matter. Child, young adult, it makes no difference. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. What does that mean? It means it's kept pure for the husband and the wife alone. And that's it. And those are the boundaries God set up so very clearly. And yet, why do we struggle so much? Do you know one of the reasons why we have building healthy marriages here is because we know that within the soccer field of those that are married, there's so many struggles going on. Busyness has overtaken families. And we want to strengthen your relationship with your spouse. Why are we on a journey to get debt free? Because we know that debt is the number one cause of divorce within married people. So if we can build your marriage and then we can help you get debt free, the whole goal in this is so that you can be completely free in your marriage and in your relationship with Christ. And if you're single, let me caution you. If you're single and you have crossed the line with somebody, maybe that you're with now, I want you to see it from God's perspective. God just gave you a gift, the gift of your dreams by giving you that person. And he gave you this amazing gift in another person. And before you got married, you violated that person. And it's crushing for God. Because he gave you a gift, and what did you do? I can't imagine what it's like to be God. Why would you give somebody the most precious gift besides salvation? And you give them a gift, and then they just violate it. And God must just cry and say, why? Don't they realize that's why there's so many divorces? Don't they get it? And the answer is no, we don't. If God gave you a gift and you're dating someone, God says it. The marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Now, this is, this is harsh. Listen to the rest of this. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. What does that mean? That just means that if you're running within the confines of the soccer field, God says, you're blessed. But when you cross that line and you're, and you're now on the outside of the line, you're not blessed. There's discipline. There's actions that have followed there's consequences there's all kinds of issues that are going to be face you're facing now and you took a blessing and and it turned bad and I wonder how many of us here I, I wonder how many of us have stepped out in some way maybe you stepped out 30 years ago Nobody ever knew. And in your own quiet way, you're still carrying that ball and chain. Do you know that Jesus came to set us free? 
He knows we can't live the life that he wanted us to live. And when we cross that line, here's the beauty of God. God says, come on back in. God's not going to shun you. As soon as you turn and say, God, can I come back in? Boy, as soon as you walk past that line, God just cuts those chains off. And says, you're free. And you're free to run. And if you're married, do yourself a favor. Get through what we're teaching on everybody debt-free to protect your marriage. Get through the Building Healthy Marriages class. One of the reasons why, as Pastor John talked about, we're, we're venturing into a whole new venture with Pastor Ty Culbertson for recovery, those with hurts, habits, addictions, recovery issues, hang-ups, all kinds of things. Because what we want to do is, no matter where you are, we want to help as a church so that you can do what God wants, and that's to live free. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, and have it how much? To the full or abundantly. Did you catch that? I have come that you might have life, and have it to the full. And how do you have that full life? First of all, when you come to grips with your sin and you say, I'm sorry, God. And then God sets you free. And then you run within the boundaries that God has set up. And you run within those boundaries. And that's living the abundant life that God has for us. Well, I'd like to close in prayer. And then um, we're going to watch a movie as soon as the prayer ends. It's just a short video. And I want you to see this video and read the words, listen to the music, and allow God to speak in a really powerful way through this video. Let's pray together. God, we want to thank you for being here today. God, this is a painful message because most of us probably have violated in some way those boundaries. But God, you've set us free. You've forgiven us. And you've set us free. And if somebody's not free today here, I pray, God, that you would just touch, the, touch their heart, that they might just give it to you so that they might be free. Free from whatever it is that's keeping them outside those lines. And then, God, I pray that as those who are free and maybe aren't struggling with this at all, that you would bless them and help them to understand how blessed they are because they're running within the perimeters that you've set up that's where we want to be, living life to the fullest. And we ask that you'd help us to do that. And thank you, God, that we can do that because of what you did for us through Jesus. It's in his name that we pray and all of God's people said, amen. amen.
Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, we are one with him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over us by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is